Hello, everybody. Welcome to Popcorn Planet Live, and it's time for Nerd Wars. Sorry, hot level, hot level. I'm so excited. Today is such a fun episode. You guys are in for such a treat, and those of you watching live, I see so many in the chat room. Thank you so much for coming, scheduling your night with me. I got my Cobra Kai on because we're going for a real serious battle here, guys. Uh, no mercy. No mercy tonight uh, because we are going where a lot of people don't want to go. Oh, I have the wrong one up. It's this fight. Uh, the actual fight is going to be this one. Did Ray ruin Star Wars? That's the fight we're talking about today, and I have some awesome guests. I'm so happy to have them both. Uh, one I've known who's been on the show before who I love, and one I'm so excited to meet. Uh, let's meet them both, the people who will be defending this fight. Did Ray ruin Star Wars? Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Eric Butts. Hello, Eric. Hello there. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you, and I'm so happy to hear you talk instead of crying because I know you're more than just crying. <laughs> Yes, that's true. I only, you know, it's only Star Wars that gets me that bad. So I'll keep it together as best I can here tonight. We'll see, though. I love no it. Uh, Eric, I want to say, oh, tish <laughs> well, I got, I got my <laughs> closest thing to a mimosa I could find. My hard tangerine, Mike's hard lemonade. I do this all the nice. time. So I, 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 I love your, your, your beverage choice. Uh, but I, I want to say, Eric, I loved your video. I know you got a lot of flack for your video, but I loved your video, and I love that you let the comments on, and you took people who were so mean to you, and that's to me what this show is about. The fact I'm so grateful for you coming on giving a shot and letting us hear your opinions and why you were so why you're so into this series uh so thank you for coming and for putting yourself out there uh, it, it really means a lot to me well thank you for having me i'm excited to do this man i've wanted to get on something like this for a long time and to do it with you is going to be fantastic so this is gonna you. be fun well you're going up against a master get be i told you she's out for blood and she's amazing <laughs> jesse milestone welcome to the nerd war show Oh, what's up, everybody? I'm so stoked to be here. Uh, excited to be back uh, on on this this awesome channel. Um, I'm really excited because nobody, for some reason, people just people who don't already agree with me don't want to talk about Star Wars with me. Uh, I don't know why. It's like I demolish every one of their arguments or something Ooh. like that. So uh, it's really, really nice to find a sucker. I mean, brave individual. <laughs> who's willing to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on this subject, about which I am equally passionate, I might add, uh, but you're not going to see any waterworks from this one. Oh, <laughs> now, how, how awesome if Jesse ends up being the one who cries at the end of the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have tissues at the ready, too, because oh, I, have, I, have a, I have a cat allergy. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll just blame it on the cats. Well, Jesse, for Miles, Mindless Entertainment, uh, SJW Jesse is my favorite thing. She, I, we, she pranked my audience and came and said uh, that I needed permission to hug that cactus and it was one of the funniest things. Uh, so thank you for coming on, Jesse, and coming back. So excited. You are welcome back anytime. And I, I suspect Eric will as well, but let's see how the fight goes, Eric. Uh, but here's how the show is going to work. For the, for As I told you in those at home, the, the format here is a little different. I have Jesse and I have uh, Eric here, and they're going to be fighting. And we, we agreed on this topic up top, but I want to add a little bit of a clarification. I don't want to get too hung up on, well, a million things ruined Star Wars. <laughs> Where specifically, what Rey is a not a great character, and her that is what we're focusing on. Is her not a good character is not a good fit for Star Wars, and that's what's ruining Star Wars. Let's not get hanged up on the sem semantics of fun or failure. Just because it's fun doesn't mean it's bad. I want it. We're really we're holding on Rey and what Rey's representation of the film, why it makes Star Wars bad, and why that's a bad thing for Star Wars. We all agree. We're all we've clarified sort of where the fight's going to go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah. cool. And you both agree to that topic, so we know there's no like you know funny business. <laughs> you both would like the title, how it went, so that's where we're gonna go. Uh, to how the show will happen is we're gonna start the round. You guys are gonna start the fight, and then uh, after you guys midway through, I'm gonna introduce our assists, and I'm so happy to introduce them today. We got two new assists here, local Tampa residents. Uh, two of my favorite fighters, Izzy over there, will be helping uh, Eric defend Ray's honor. Welcome back, Izzy. Oh, I turned your mic off. Say that again. <laughs> happy to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. And then, oh my God, we got Darth Damien here tonight uh, defending, uh, helping Jesse, saying Ray did ruin Star Wars. Yes, Damien? She is strong with the dark side of the Force. Wow. All right. Uh, so there you go. We got all, now you got all the players revealed. You got their sides revealed. Uh, and that, this is a fun way for sort of people in, in here. We're going to be, they're going to be listening. And that way, if you're having trouble midway through, they're going to help jump in and got your back throughout the show. We got another, we got a couple bonus rounds. And if you guys uh, support enough and you want to add a bonus round, you can uh, with the rules on the bottom of the screen. So thank you for your support. Let's get to this. Are you guys ready to get to war? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. I'm excited. We're doing this. Here we go. Let's start off. I'm going to let Eric as the, uh, yeah, Eric, as the, uh, as the new person here, let's give you the shot to sort of explain why is Ray, uh, why does she not ruin Star Wars? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, I could argue that, you know, what actually ruins Star Wars is people's expectations, but it won't go there. I don't think she really ruins Star Wars because I do think she's a great representation of what Star Wars is to the fan. In a lot of sense, I think she might even kind of be the fan, uh, the version of the fan in the movie. She's heard all the stories. She's heard all the legends. She's excited to meet these characters and interact with them and show them what she can do. And she's um, just super fun for that. And it's like there's a charming charm to her, a wide-eyed innocence that just makes her so exciting to watch and to watch her go on this journey and to watch people try to put her in a box and say she is this or she is that. And she's just like, no, I am me and I'm going to do these things And because I, I have a purpose, at least I think I have a purpose trying to figure out what that purpose is, but I have a purpose. I know I'm supposed to do something and I'm going to go out there and do it. And you can either help me or otherwise you need to get out of my way. Um, and I just think to me that totally is just, it's like a Luke Skywalker type expanded even further, a little bit less whining about power converters at Tashi station. So <laughs> that's kind of my take on Ray. And, um, to me, she's very inspiring too. I mean, maybe it's my age, like when I saw Force Awakens at 36, uh, my uh, biological clock went off apparently because I came out of that movie thinking, I always thought if I ever had a kid, it'd be fun to have a son and raise him and be like, oh, watch all these things and do all these. But that was the first time it's like, I would have loved to have had a young daughter and watched her experience that and see a, see a representation of her on the screen that is um, that exciting and inspiring. And I, you know, I, I just, I loved it. And I've fallen in love with that character. And I don't think we know exactly what her journey is yet because we've only seen two thirds of her story so far. And uh, it's been very fascinating to me. And I like watching her shut everybody else down and not, you know, not play by their rules or just be like, no, I'm, you know, I, I know how to work this ship. I know how to do this. Uh, the whole, even in Force Awakens, the whole Finn keeps trying to grab her hand. And that was just so cool that she's like, um, stop holding my hands. <laughs> like I'm per perfectly capable of running on my own. I'm not looking for your protection. As of anything, I'm going to protect you. Um, so I really like that. It's like, again, it's it's more of a Princess Leia and the Death Star escape than we've actually seen. It's more, because we didn't really get a lot of that with Padme in the prequels. So this is a great representation of that, whereas Leia was like, um, you know, your plan is failing. I'm taking charge. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And I think, um, you know, she's basically kind of taking that lead, as, especially as we get more into Last Jedi and everything. So I mean that's pretty much where I'm coming from, I guess. All right, no, fantastic opening argument. I'm rusty. No, 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 you did. That was a great opening, and I see Jesse's right. just chomping at the bit, ready to talk. Uh, so Jesse, you get to have your opening remarks. Go ahead. 
the first thing I'm going to say, and um, uh, I don't mean this as a dig at the opposite gender. I mean this as a, uh, you know, we're cats and dogs. We don't always understand each other or what our experiences are. And that's to say that the only people I've ever heard defend Ray as a strong, inspiring female character for other women are men. Um, and and that I want to I bring that up to lead into my uh, my point because my point is that Ray is uh, the hero's journey is laid on her shoulders, right? That's what you have. There are only two types of story. Uh, stories to write, ways to structure a basic screenplay. There's a three-act structure, and there's an epic journey um, or a hero's journey. And Star Wars is and has always been a hero's journey, and that is what they're going for with the sequels as well, right? That's it. You can read, you know, all you want on, on, on screenwriting. If it's not a three-act structure, it's a hero's journey, or it's like Memento. And while everyone thinks that's such a great piece of cinema, screenwriters tear that thing apart. So, um, the key elements of a hero's journey are is you have a a reluctant hero who answers the call to to arms who answers the call to the journey who knows what this journey entails but it's an insurmountable task that they have to figure out how to somehow overcome given where they've started from ray fits none of these except for the reluctant hero part there's no point where she actually accepts the call to arms she just sort of gets swept along on this journey uh she just kind of goes along with it and as you exactly pointed out we don't know where that journey goes because there is no clarity in what this is the whole point we have the movie hinging on her story the same way the original trilogy hinges on luke skywalker's journey to uh to earn his destiny as a jedi knight and to face his destiny by defeating his father none of that exists for ray over the course of two movies what destiny is she is she coming is she uh, coming to what what a call is she trying to rise to what great adversity has been put in front of her that she has to take down and and some of the big pitfalls of her character that make it her not ever this hero that's going to be part of a satisfying hero's journey and that lets the entire story collapse around her is the fact that she has no agency as a character as i said she never accepts this call to arms and this is true throughout the entire story uh in two movies she does she takes very little action she makes very little decisions for herself she there's no point where she does something earth-shattering and groundbreaking except at the end of the last Jedi when she lifts rocks wow Luke did that in his training at the beginning of Empire so she lifts rocks that's her big part of agency that's her big uh uh claim to power is I decided to lift rocks and save the rebellion and that's it or the resistance if you will uh and in addition to that the other big part you know and you you brought this up as a knock on Luke but it's part of what makes his character so charming and so much better uh than Rey is the growth you have a Luke Skywalker who complains about about you know wanting to go to Tashi Station to pick up power converters to the character who stands in the face of Jabba the Hutt and doesn't flinch, who looks at certain death and says, you're making a big mistake because he's completely full of confidence that was nowhere to be found uh, at the beginning of this journey. He has this growth, this immense growth. He goes from this, this little farm boy to someone who has this greater understanding of the world uh, and, and immense power in it. Rey has no growth. She's just as naive at the end of the of the Last Jedi as she was at the beginning of the Force Awakens, and she's just as unnecessarily powerful uh, with raw strength that has seen virtually no training uh, at the end of the Last Jedi as she is at the Force Awakens. So you're talking about a character with no agency and no growth, and she's the character we're supposed to hinge this entire uh, trilogy around. And there's just she's she's a tabula rasa. She's completely blank. 
All right, no growth. Okay. A lot of a lot of stuff you said there. So, Eric, I want to give you a chance to respond. Uh, and also, okay. I want to. Do you think uh, is her big moment only lifting rocks? I want I want you to respond to that too. But go ahead. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Um, I think she has a much bigger part to play in the story. And I think a lot of that, what her responsibility is, at least what we've seen thus far, is that she is the one that found Luke Skywalker. She protected the missing piece of the map. She got it to the Resistance. She brought the Resistance a key element they needed to take down Starkiller Base by befriending Finn and going along on this journey with him. She brought Han back to the Resistance. And then she goes off to find Luke Skywalker and brings him to the Resistance. So I really think that's, at least from what we've seen so far, her actual purpose in this and the things that she has accomplished in the film is that she's kind of bringing the band back together, for lack of a better term. And if that hadn't happened, the Resistance certainly would have been crushed at Crate if they'd even ever gotten that far. So I definitely think that um, she has a purpose and she has done important things in the film. Um, and a lot of those are based on choices she made, you know? I mean, she could have just not partied with Finn at all in the beginning. Um, you know, she could have decided to go back to Jakku and not actually deal with the Luke Skywalker thing. So I think that's really the case there. I do think she has responsibilities and things to do in the story. And then you also kind of mentioned, like, she hasn't had big adversity in terms of uh, facing down, like, Jabba when Luke was in front of Jabba. And I think this is one of those places where I have to go by the trailers. We haven't seen the new film. But if you look at the confidence in that showdown when she's on what we assume is the Death Star wreckage and she's going to go do that battle we've been seeing with her and Kylo, I feel like that is one of those moments because that is her. She's so much more confident than she has been. And if the dialogue comes from that scene, especially where she says, you know, um, nobody knows who I am and all this stuff, you know, I mean, that's her saying, like, no, you aren't going to define me. I'm here and I'm going to defeat you. Uh, or, or, or not, you know, whatever her plan is going to be in that because we haven't seen the new movie. So um, I think that's kind of the case there. And um, I think in terms of what Ray's journey is in this story is that she's trying to find her purpose. She's trying to find her place in this story. Like, um, you know, the whole idea, she, wanted, she doesn't know who her parents are and she wants to find them. And that's still debatable, honestly, if we've actually figured that out or not. A lot of people seem to submit that what Kylo was saying, but... I think what Kylo was was just ref uh, reflecting what was he seeing in her mind through the Force. So we don't know for sure that that's true. She might still have some greater destiny there. As for the hero's journey element, I kind of feel like maybe they are trying to do something a little bit different with that. And they're taking the different elements of a hero's journey and they're actually splitting it amongst Rey, Finn, and Poe. And I think they each have a little bit of that element going on to them. Um, and then I also wanted to comment on uh, the thing that Ray's growth is really most about to me, what I'm seeing from these films, is it's, it's a confidence. It's a lesson that I think more people need to learn. And again, we got to remember, these are primarily meant for a younger generation. Every new trilogy is for a younger generation. And I think this generation, what they're trying to teach through this character is, is learning to be comfortable with yourself, learning what your kind of purpose is and, and, and realizing that you are going to have your choices to make and you need to be committed to them and stick to them and hopefully you make the right ones, but whatever they are, they're the choices that define you. So that's kind of my rebuttal. I think I hit everything. <laughs> All right, so Jesse, go. you can have your rebuttal, but then I want to sort of make this an open forum for you to guys go back and forth and sort of challenge each other what, and really get to the heat of, like, what's what's your biggest, uh, what's the worst thing about her uh, or best thing about her that you guys can sort of to go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to? Because I, I, I do think Eric did a good job sort of coming back with some of your points there. So uh, go ahead, Jesse, respond to anything you want, and then let's start. Uh, you guys can feel free to sort of uh, talk amongst yourselves. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. The big the big thing for me here is that it doesn't matter what kind of confidence she shows up with in, in The Rise of Skywalker, because the whole point is she doesn't have that 
any flaws at the beginning. That the whole point is that it doesn't matter how powerful or great she is at the end because she's there at the beginning, it, right off the get go. Uh, you know, with the staff on Jakku, she's messing people up. She's tossing them down. She's not afraid of anything. She's not afraid of any fight. She faces down Kylo Ren at the end of the first movie and beats him, which is such a key part of Luke's journey. First of all, he's not even ready to face Luke Sky uh, Darth Darth Vader uh, in A New Hope. Uh, someone else has to do that for him. Uh, he goes and faces him in, in Empire Strikes Back and is defeated by him because his whole path is defeating this this one person. Uh, he faces down uh, and then he finally faces him down and and defeats him and defeats that evil in Return of the Jedi. So he has this he has this growth. He has this arc. Ray never loses. Ray is never beaten. Ray has no flaws. She has no and therefore no depth because she has no flaws. She is just this perfect, amazing, uh, high-powered character. And that, to go into what you asked, Andy, is exactly why, uh, she, exactly what I think. What I think is the worst thing about her is that she is this perfect, powerful woman who really doesn't struggle. I mean, you could say, okay, well, she's, but there's not even a conflict. It's not even like she's she's dealing with what Kylo Ren's dealing with, with being torn between the good and the evil. She's just dealing with who am I, and that's not a strong uh, character choice. If you're if you're only it's, it's completely internal, so you're talking about a hero's journey, a big epic adventure story, and the entire struggle of your main character is this internal battle of who am I and where do I fit, and then going right back into lack of agency and right back into which for me is the most shameful thing about her character is she spends the entirety of the last. Jedi up until she decides to lift rocks following two different men around quite literally asking them to show her her place and I'm supposed to hold her up as some sort of feminist icon this is where she really loses me and where, I, where, it, become, where it goes beyond just bad character writing to actually being disgraceful this nonsense that young women are supposed to look up to Rey and think oh she's so great she's so powerful to me is just disgraceful all she she finds she latches onto Han as a surrogate father figure in of The Force Awakens and then she latches onto Luke as a surrogate father figure uh, in, the, in The Last Jedi and then she ditches him as soon as notice her sudden pivot to softening on Kylo Ren happens to perfectly co coincide with her seeing him with his shirt off. And now all of a sudden, the sexual tension that never existed between these two, these two characters previously is blossoming. Now that we've got, oh, hunky, weirdly broad man. <laughs> go ahead, Eric, get in there. All right, well, uh, on the point of the, the Kylo romance thing, I mean, perhaps the timing of that may have given that impression. However, I don't think that's the thing because right at that moment, she has gone to all her heroes and she's rejected what her heroes, like she, she had hoped they would give her the education or the knowledge she was seeking, but she was terribly disappointed by everything she found. And that's how she starts learning that, well, maybe the answer is if within myself. And I think um, really the thing with Kylo is it's at a deep moment when Luke is just really flat out totally rejecting her. He's kind of starting to come around, but he, she's not finding that connection she wanted there. And she's finding that connection through him. He's actually listening to her. And I think it's more about the fact he's listening to her in a way that nobody else in this universe had in her life up to this point that we'd seen. That's really where that connection is coming from. So I think that's a big part of that. And uh, <laughs> again, I think you know she rejects all these people when when they start trying to teach her lessons she doesn't learn. And I think that's also the kind of journey she's she's going on. Is she's Again, she's finding her own way through the universe because, again, she looks at Luke. She's heard these legends. It's like, this man's going to teach me. And then he's like, oh, you know what? Everything you thought is garbage. The Jedi were horrible people, which they were. Their code was really broken. Um, you know, <laughs> it's like, I've rejected all this. And he's afraid of her when she just goes deep into the dark right there but comes back. Like, she's not bound by all these 
guidelines and things holding her in. So she goes to all these places and then that freaks out her role models and they, she quickly realizes they aren't who I'm looking for. And, and, and then she tries to find it in Kylo even. Like that was her big thing in The Last Jedi was that she wanted to turn him. She wanted to bring him back to the light or bring him somewhere, because uh, she, I believe, is still trying to figure out if she really belongs in the light or the dark, and I don't know if they're gonna go a gray Jedi way, but I, you know, I kind of always thought that would be the way to do it. <laughs> it's like, you know what, both sides are totally wrong a lot of the time, let's find somewhere in the middle. So I really think that, um, you know, that's pretty much what's happening there. And, and as far as a feminist thing, I guess I never really put it in those connotations, so I'm not trying to argue that she should be a feminist role model as much as it's just another great, strong character for uh, the young girls to look up to or ladies to look up to in a string of long characters from your Sarah Connors, your Ellen Ripley's, your Nancy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, your, you know, your uh, Alicia King, I can't remember her character's name from Friday the 13th. Um, I mean, I grew up with all those those like strong heroic female characters, and this to me is just like, oh, good. It's nice to see more of a mainstream interpretation of that, but not necessarily on that level of feminist. Because um, again, I'm not familiar enough with the whole all the feminist things to pretend to be any kind of expert on that element of it. But in terms of did she ruin Star Wars or is she bad for Star Wars, I say absolutely not because she is just another fantastic, one of the strongest female characters we've seen in the film. And um, she's real fun to go on the journey with if you just go get ahead, into the Jesse, uh, innocence. I, Jesse, get in there, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah Eric, Eric, I think you, you just made a bunch of my points for me. Um, <laughs> and then exactly what you said of, first of all, the moment where she decides to reject Luke is the moment where Luke is coming around to her, uh, is starting to, is starting to, they're starting to form, it's exactly that moment where they're starting to form this connection. They're starting to form a bridge between the, 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 uh, present in the past the future in the past when she turns around and just rejects him summarily because kylo ren looks hot with his shirt off uh, or she sees someone who needs saving which by the way that's a terrible uh uh female trope that that ascribed to her character of oh oh she sees the damaged this is and this is terror this is and this is also in real life has led to so many abusive relationships is oh the caring loving female sees the damaged male and has to go save him and then makes her 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 goal about saving and look what happens is the result of that she ends up trapped in the throne room she nearly gets killed by snoke she ends up under attack in this situation she has to fight her way out of all this nonsense because oh she has to go save him and and so for me that's just one more pathetic uh a female uh, stereotypically female characteristic that is not strong at all it's not representative of a strong woman every female hero that you name that you listed struggles in some way has some sort of journey has some sort of growth and part of that is, is that's and that's what women need, need to have to look up to as role models in their life if i see a woman who just gets everything. Oh, you're Ray from absolutely nowhere. You're dirt, dirt poor scavenging on this planet. Now you're being handed this precious lightsaber. Now you're being handed these, these precious responsibilities. Now you're being uh, uh, taken under the wing of one of the most fascinating characters ever created. Uh, now you're getting to go to another one to learn from him. Now you're getting the, the, the whole centuries of the story centered on you without doing anything, without doing a single thing to earn that that's not that's not a strong female character strong okay. female characters like every character work for what they earn suffer for what they earn we watch them fall as well as get back up again and 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 that is part of what makes them strong and powerful and the last thing of what you said that i think just once again makes my point is you talk about her rejection of Han, her rejection of Luke. And that's exactly why she fails as a Star Wars character and ruins the, the Force Awakens is because of that rejection and the ruins the last night of that rejection. Star Wars is those characters. 
Star Wars is Han, Luke, and Princess Leia. Those are the original Star Wars characters. This universe doesn't exist without them. And so to to put drop that on her shoulders, this, this to, to have her be the center focal point of the rejection of of those characters and everything they tried to teach and everything they believed and stood for is exactly why is exactly what's wrong with the new Star Wars, and that's right there on her shoulders, exactly as you said. All right, I want to bring in uh, some assists here because I want to make this a free-for-all <laughs> and get some more helps because Eric and Jesse both are doing great. Uh, but I want to introduce, uh, we have two people in studio who have been listening and chomping at the bit as well to sort of help their uh, players here. So I want to bring in uh, Izzy and Damien. Uh, Izzy, do you want to get on this? Do you want to help uh, make any comments? Or what do you think of Eric's argument so far? Anything you want to chime in or help defend him against Jesse? Go ahead. I think it's a good argument. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Now, now I hear you. I think it's a good argument. I think that uh, people somehow don't like the fact that Ray exists to upset this traditional balance and this traditional method of telling this story. So we have to look at things from that point. You say she hasn't struggled and you say she has these Mary Sue instances of power. But I mean, she grew up on Jakku. She's been struggling her whole life. Of course, she can defend herself. Of course, she has vague piloting skills. But in the same instance, it's not as if the Force isn't space magic, right? There aren't instances in the That's other... That's not how the Force works! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? There, there aren't instances of Luke flying X-Wings and, like, not having the training and following his feelings in these instances. Why is that the thing we latch on to? Are we going to sit here and say that she's a feminist icon? Probably not. But to sit here and try to espouse that she's not an effectively written character, I can't buy. I think she does have plenty of agency. I think when you reframe all of her actions as being the person that's there to upset this balance and reframe this universe for everything that's going forward, it makes sense. Of course she rejects Luke because she looks the nonsense and says, ah... Maybe this isn't for me. Of course, he turns to Kylo Ren and says, well, if this Luke thing isn't for me and I haven't been getting what I need from anyone I've spoken to, why would I not go to someone else who's perceived as an outcast by the people they're supposed to be trained by? Why would I not go to him? Is it a little, um, for want of a better phrase, Captain Sabaho? Yes. And maybe we shouldn't be leaning into this women need to save broken men trope. That's accurate. But I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't make sense for her character actions. There aren't many things her character does that don't make sense. In the first movie, she's getting drugged from place to place. But the whole point is so that she can get home back to Jakku. And simultaneously, you know, it is like Eric said, she's meeting these people she's heard about her whole life. I'm hanging out with these people in that situation. Yeah. She is a fan. Damien, what did you want to add to help Jesse uh, or comment? Well, first of all, um, Jesse is hitting on all the points that exactly why a character is a character and they're meant to serve a purpose within a story. And the problem is that Ray happens. See, a character takes choices and Ray happens. She happens to run into BB-8. Okay, fine. She happens to run into um, Finn. Okay, fine. They happen to get the uh, Millennium Falcon, which happens to get found by Han Solo. She didn't make a choice in any of those matters to sit there and say, hey, you, I'm going to help you because I want... She actually said, get away from me. What are you doing? Stop, run, stop running with me. If Finn hadn't grabbed her by the hand a bunch of times, she wouldn't have actually been dragged along on this journey. Then she happens to get uh, over to the uh, kidnapped. And when she gets kidnapped, she, gets, she happens to know how to uh, Jedi mind trick people. I mean, let's, let's talk about this for a second here. I don't care uh, how many legends I've heard of. I can't happen I to uh, shoot a three-pointer okay. without having practice shooting a yeah. three-pointer. So, I, mean, I can't happen to just, you know, do that's, karate. But that's I can't obviously. happen to just, but come on, there's a lot of okay. that you just can't happen to do. Okay, so, number one. 
that's obviously an instance of Daniel Craig wants to be in this movie. Let's give him something to say. <laughs> right? Come on now. Daniel. Come on now. But also, right? Simon but also, Pitt, we Simon, don't know. Okay, Simon Penn know. wanted to be in the movie, and he had actual a character that had a purpose. Just because I wanted to be in the movie and be force tricked, that's, that's a stupid reason to give to a character. Because now you just negated All everything that it takes to become a Jedi or anything that it takes to become useful with the force. Mm -hmm. So what you've done is you've taken this person who has no absolute no training. Fine, you're, set, you're force sensitive, you can fly a plane very well, that's been proven. Hey, we've seen a little kid do a pod racer. We understand that, you could do that. You could be very reflective, understood. But to do a Jedi mind trick, to then turn around and fight a lightsaber battle against a trained person who trained not only under Luke, but also under Snoke, and you're gonna sit there, and even if he was hit with a blaster, and yes, he was hurt, you're gonna, this, when Vader fought Luke, <laughs> Vader beat Luke with one hand. He barely, did, he barely lifted a finger to beat him. Uh, we had a trained Kylo Ren who's like almost completed in his training and she sits there. If you watch it, I rewatched The Force Awakens. She sits there for like five seconds. I'm going to concentrate here and now and use my force to push you back and beat you. Dude, at what point did Kylo Ren not just go, <laughs> game over, man. Game over. And then, I'm sorry, Eric, you then brought it, you compared her and put it in the same bucket as Ripley and Sarah Connor. What the heck, man? I mean, let's just be honest. So Ripley and Sarah Connor in their first films were running scared most of the film and then had to overcome and at the very last second be brave and just be witty enough to just finally beat the person. And then you see them in the second film and damn, these people have grown. They've been through hell. They're now stronger. And you're, you're like, yes, you show them how strong you've become over time. You show them how badass you've become over time because you've been through it. Ray didn't have to do that. Ray is lifting not just a rock ray's lifting boulders she's lifting entire mountains of stuff and i'm like it, at what point in the entire three and two lessons that luke gave her because he didn't even give her the third one at what point in the two lessons that he gave her was there oh yeah by the way you can lift rocks with this he said it's not even about lifting rocks and yet she's able to sit there and go i'm going to show up at the end and i'm going to save everybody again not a choice happens she shows up and happens to be in the right place where the little foxes come out and she sees them she sees them from the from the, from the um from the millennium falcon and she's like i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna know how to lift all these boulders and free my people there, all right hold so on i want to get i want to add uh so i gave you guys a moment and i want to get jesse and eric back <laughs> in to respond so you got some assists there add some energy uh but i want to call out thank you we got to uh, because we have a super chat you jess you just got some support uh rosetta yeah. allen thank you rosetta to be a strong woman we have to struggle to find our strength compared to a man not not to become like a man, but to show how we can be powerful in our own minds and our own hearts. Hashtag Team Jesse. All right, so Jesse, you got that part of the fight. Uh, Eric, let's go to you just to respond to a lot of stuff there, and then Jesse, oh, you feel free, but go yes. ahead. <laughs> All right, first off, and this is, I know this is such an easy argument, but the Force. The Force wills certain things to happen. So you got that right there. She's where she needs to be because that's where the Force wants her. And there's evidence of all that's through here, all through the films. She is one of the strongest Force wielders that the galaxy has seen yet. Notice how terrified Luke is when he does start training her a little bit. And just in that split second, she's already to the dark. She's shaking everything. She's going to break down this mountain. He's like, oh, my God. There's so much power here. Um, now, as far as her knowing how to like do the lightsaber fight, it's not just that he got shot. He got shot by Chewie's bowcaster, which they had spent the entire movie setting up just how powerful that is. So that wasn't like just a standard blaster. That was a giant chunk taken out of him, which you even see him like smacking himself to you know try to get the adrenaline going and all of that. But you forget before she does the mind trick on Daniel Craig, there's a key scene, and it's the interrogation scene 
where suddenly as Kylo is getting into her mind with the force, he becomes afraid because she throws it back on him and he, she's in his mind. So she sees all these things, even if it's not something she had heard could be done from a Jedi, because I'm sure she's heard rumors of what Jedis can do. So she's like, well, let me try that. But on top of that, she saw this and like she understood some things while she was in his mind. So, I mean, there's that total potential there for all of that. And I feel like there was something else I wanted to hit on, but there's so much I forgot. <laughs> no, it happens. Uh, Jesse, go ahead. Well, What's your, go ahead plenty, with your play. Plenty to go on right there. Um, again, just another example of piss poor writing, right? Anakin was the most powerful Force user we've ever seen. And then Kylo Ren was frighteningly Force powerful. And now Rey is even more frighteningly Force powerful. What is this ridiculous exponential add-on of Force power and of a Force power and of a Force power? And where does it end? Especially because even with that raw power, and we're demonstrating that clearly with Anakin's character and clearly with Luke's character, because Luke is also an incredibly powerful natural Force user. Both of these characters require an immense amount of training to hone their natural gifts. What can Anakin do uh, before any of this, uh, before he's taken and trained? Um, he can fly a pod racer really good, and and he can he can intuit what shapes are behind the little screen in the in the Jedi Council room. Those are literally the only things we see him able to do with the Force prior to him getting any training. Luke is under life-threatening duress before he even manages to not well, uh, not immediately force pull his lightsaber to him uh, to not die. I mean, that took an incredible amount of concentration and work for him to do that in a in a immediately life-threatening situation. Rey is just in a little bit of discomfort and pain, and all of a sudden, bam, she can throw it back on the most powerful Force user, the new most powerful Force user, uh, and then can do this perfectly uh, uh, practiced Jedi mind trick, the likes of which blew Luke's mind the first time he saw it. Um, and I don't care how injured Kylo Ren is, um, and I don't care how good Rey is with the staff, which she, by the way, taught herself. She's a self-taught staff user. Um, I am a trained fencer. I have fought self-taught stick fighters. Uh, they are not fencers. Um, and I have also gone up against other uh, untrained, poorly trained fencers when I was drunk and injured. <laughs> and I had no problem beating them. I was drunk once and I fenced one of my students with my eyes closed and I still won. So I don't give a crap if he's on death's door, which clearly he's not because he won. There is no fucking way in hell uh, that <laughs> that she is going to pop up and be like, I've never used this thing before. Watch me near matrix moment. I know the force. Uh, suddenly be incredible and beat somebody who's had years of training. Well, and also, I mean, come on, Kylo is not, he's, he want, he, like all Sith do, he doesn't actually want to beat her. So he's also, on top of all that, he's holding back some because, like, he, when they are across, you know, holding those sabers, he wants to teach her. He wants to take her under his wing. And he wants to rule the galaxy with her, which, you know, is a common failing of the Sith. So, I mean, it's not that he's coming at her full strength on top of that big wound. Also, uh, the argument that, you know, about poor writing, let's be real, I love Star Wars. I'm passionate about it, but the writing has never been great it has moments of greatness but overall the writing in star wars like people are like you think star wars is the greatest movie ever no it's one of my favorite experiences but there's plenty of flaws to be found in star wars so i think arguing the writing is a completely different topic 
And then also um, with the Luke thing, that was the thing I forgot a minute ago, is that he, you know, he just, R2 happened to be sold by the Jawas to his farm. Um, you know, uh, he happened to uh, meet Chewbacca and Han Solo, although more of that story may be revealed in the future. And as for Rey being more and more powerful in the escalation of power, I kind of have to go on some conjecture here because, again, we haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. But as we know, one way or the other, the Emperor is involved with all of this. And so it's suggesting that he's been hiding out and his power has been growing one way or another. So the dark side is getting stronger and stronger. So for the Force to find balance, it has to make the light side stronger and stronger. So. <laughs> but once again, as you just argued, it's not clear that Rey is light side. So you can't say that this is the Force choosing her to be the good guy. Because that's also the thing. Well, the, force, the Force the force doesn't choose who's good and evil, though. That's And that's we've seen that clearly. Everybody has to go on their own journey. So if you're saying, oh, well, yeah, the Force is going to create powerful people who might be able to choose, the odds of it just being this one person are like, eh. But then to your back to your point about Luke happening... There are things that he did. First of all, he happens to find Han and, and, and Chewie. The thing is, is that Han and Chewie are not, are only intrinsic parts of the story because those are the pilots that were hired. They could have been anybody. That's not necessarily, it's not like, oh, without them, you don't have a story. Well, okay, without them, they would have found two other people in Star Wars that are not those characters instead. Uh, he doesn't happen to find Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is there waiting for him, looking for him. That piece, and that's the key piece, because that is what creates uh, the call to action. That's what creates the entire journey. That doesn't just happen to happen. That is on purpose, that is intentional, and that is the most pivotal part of launching this entire story. And that moment doesn't exist for Ray. There is no moment where where somebody says, you, I choose you, or where Ray says, I choose me, or I choose this path or this life. She doesn't. As, as you even stated before, she spends all of The Force Awakens until she realizes she's part of this now, trying to get back to Jakku. Her whole thing is like, let's just get through this so I can get back home and wait for my parents who are never coming back. So there's no point in that movie where she's like, yes, I am. I accept this call to arms. I am going to do this. She's just like derping around. Uh, and I think it was a great point that was that was made about the, the, the happening, right? Is that, and, and another, the other point, even that Izzy made too, from facts and stuff for me, where you're like, well, she's the thing that undermines all these all these other elements. That makes her a plot device, not a character. Exactly. There's nothing about the creation of her that's a well-rounded character. Uh, she doesn't have a personality. She doesn't have, she has occasional moments of snark. She has no personality. We don't know what she wants out of life. We don't know what she wants out of anything. We don't know anything about her, how she thinks, how she feels, if she ever had goals, what they were, what those dreams would have been. We know none of that. She is simply a plot device uh, so that so that the filmmakers can go, oh, look at us, we did Star Wars. And here's well, what I mean, Ryan Johnson can go look how clever. If, if I may add to that, we talked about you know um, Star Wars maybe not having the best writing, but they did have character arcs, and I think that's what we're talking about here is the actual character arc. So when we say that we don't know her, what what we don't know what her desires are, we Luke wanted to leave the planet. That's his. That was his goal. He said, "I want to join the Empire." Hell, I don't give a damn what I do. I just got to get off this rock. And we knew that he would jump on the opportunity to leave the planet, especially what knights and and and, and lightsabers and laser battles. Yes, that's what Luke wanted. Ray wants to wait on a planet and wait for her parents to come back, and that's all she wanted to just be on this planet. She actually didn't want to go out on any adventures. She didn't want to improve herself any. She just tried to survive. This is something that you when you when I say that things happened to her, I mean that there was no moment in there where she said. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I do want to go out and, and I want to become a better person. Or I do want to go out and find these things out. So now she says, and there's a moment in the film that she actually says, there's something in me and now it's awoken. I kind of always knew it was there and now it's awoken. And I just want to know my place. 
and this is one of the things that's really, really horrible. Once a Disney, <laughs> Disney shut it down. down. Disney <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> uh, bear with me. Guys, tell me Wonderful. when you see us again. Are we back? Wonderful world of live streaming. I'm seeing, I'm seeing you guys. So. Yeah, You're it seems to all be coming back. There we go. Excellent connection. But, we should be back. No. Uh, all right. Hold on. I can't end the stream. How do I refresh? There we go. All right. I think it's back. There we go. I see it. It, it popped yeah. back in. Sorry, everybody. There was a drop frame issue. It's We should be back right. now. Uh, it was a great argument. We totally so, kicked ass. <laughs> uh, Damien, yeah, you were, you, were giving, you were off in a tirade there, but we all heard it. Uh, but yeah, wrap up the last part of what you want to say there, just so we, for those who did. Essentially, Sorry, Disney Plus shut us down. We're back. Essentially, when, you, when, when you're talking about female characters and you look at uh, the characters in the past, um, you see a change between film one and film two. Kylo Ren had a bigger change between his first encounter um, where he had more conflict of I want to be full dark and I have to make this huge heavy decision about killing my father. There was more conflict and more decision making by Kylo in the first film and in the second film he had to then kill his own master. Kylo has more change, more character, more arc than our protagonist and that's supposed to be Rey who has things happen to her and then turns around and just doesn't know her place and is asking for people to know her place and then all of a sudden just has all this ability that's just not earned. So we have no growth, no arc. She's been the exact same person from the beginning of the story that she is now at the end of the second story. And the only thing that they could do in the third story is do some ex machina thing that's going to just all of a sudden reveal all of this crap that you're going to be like, what? When did you drop those clues in the first two films? You're going to have to do so much damage control to make this character work and have right. an arc. I heard a lot from you guys. I want to get to I want to get closing arguments here because I feel like I have my mind set up. Um, but I want to hear uh, Eric uh, and Izzy. The bi- and I'll be honest. Here's where I'm leaning. I'm leaning on the other side just because I don't understand. And, and let's be honest, actually. Let's be fair. We don't know where her arc is ending yet because there's a third movie. But to be fair, she's been in two movies. We should know enough to care about the character. And where I'm struggling is I, I do hear like lack of purpose. And I've heard you say, Eric, oh, her purpose is to find her purpose. It feels like a cop-out to me. Like, why... I don't even want to get too lost in how well she knows everything. I agree that's a fair point. And even the feminism character, I agree. Uh, but I, I re- where it's where I'm really torn is this moment of what is her purpose? Because I feel like we've 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 compared her to Luke, and Luke, as Damien and, and Jesse have said, had a purpose. Like he was there to, to you know stop uh, when Obi Wan's murdered. Uh, he finds out his father. How do I turn him? All those things were sort of things that kept him moving forward. What is it about Rey that gives her purpose to make her a worthy character uh, that doesn't sort of ruin this new trilogy? Uh, so, Eric, I, I go to you first uh, to sort of chime in there, and then Izzy, you can, you can chime in too to help him. All right, well, I think a big part of my theory is I think this is kind of the trickery of the sequel trilogy is it's very, very possible, and you could totally look at it this way, that Rey is really a red herring. She's not. This isn't actually her story as much as this is Kylo Ren's story. I mean, he is a Skywalker, so, I mean, you know, he's got that Skywalker blood in him, so I really, I mean, it could. The difference. Really? Is he yeah. connected? He's not connected to the yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. No. You're not on the no. Wi-Fi. No. Yeah, no, I'm never connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh, you're not. Okay. No. Verizon Wireless. Uh, interesting. Are you doing? Turn that off Wi-Fi? just in case. Yeah. I think we're back. Are we back in? Uh, there we go. All Same. right, we are back in. Sorry, there was. We have someone was eating off my internet right as we go. I, I think that was the culprit. Uh, sorry. So Eric, go ahead from where you were. My apologies. Okay. 
I don't know exactly where we left off, but basically I was saying Raise the Red Herring is really the story of Kylo Ren because he is a Skywalker. And I guess I like this concept that, you know, it's all about the Bendemption. That's what this story is really about, not as much about Rey um, because they've been subverting all our expectations. That's what the point of the sequel trilogy is, setting it up and then doing something different. And then, like I said, I really like this concept that, you know, the sequel trilogy was the son failing the mother. You, is she? <laughs> yes! That's how she's written. That's how she's marketed. That's how they've set it up. That she is the protagonist and he is the antagonist. That's what protagonist means. That's what antagonist means. So if the whole thing is like, gotcha, she wasn't the main character after all, that's exactly why she's terrible and ruins all of it. Also, Kylo Ren cannot be redeemed unless he sacrifices his life at the end. He stabbed his father in the chest. He blew up planets. There is no redemption for him unless it is sacrifice of his entire life. And even then, that is just a pathetic echo of how Darth Vader died. So if that's the case, if that is the actual case, then garbage. And that's the final thing that I need to say is that uh, if if Ray's powers and all this backstory is explained by by Palpatine's fuckery around in here, that's just another way that Ray has no agency. Everything in her journey, everything in her life is what somebody else decided for her and somebody else made for her. And there and if that's not the case, then all of a sudden in the third movie of this trilogy, Ray's gonna finally discover what her motivation is all along, and then boom done the end wow where was this why did i spend two movies watching you do nothing so that you could finally figure out who you were six seven hours later time ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 all right i, I we, wow. we i gave you guys extra time we had some stall outs right. there apologies for the streaming issue just refresh now we should be good uh but man uh you guys all brought it you all had sort of equal time you had some assists from here uh there were a couple other qu comments i want to sort of add in so thank you guys who super chatted over uh again uh, ignoring leaks to support your side it came from dante combs i guess I, I don't know the leaks i haven't read the leaks i'm trying to avoid the leaks because i heard the leaks i'm be not true. even sure they're real anyways <laughs> uh oh i lost them when i refreshed ah oh, damn it uh hold on do i have them here uh they should be here is that, do you have them on your uh, on your phone there, Rob, or no? Uh, I closed it. You closed it, of course, because I sh told you to close it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Sorry, so I lost some of the chats. There was a couple there I wanted to comment, but I will try and figure out how to get to them uh, as we go. All right. Well, sorry. Apologies. The ones that come in now, and I'll, I'll try and find them. I think there's a way to do it. Uh, I just have to find it. But I refresh the. Why doesn't the live chat stay there? That's kind of stupid. Uh, all right. Um, so overall, here's where I stand. I think. Um, uh, I think you both actually did make strong arguments, and I gotta give you a props, Eric, because I I, I think you did do a great job. You you uh, people I think have judged you as a crying f fan person, but you came and brought facts, and I appreciate it. Uh, while people may not agree with you, and some did in the comments, but I, I do feel like you did your best to show your Star Wars knowledge. You came ready to sort of attempt to show your side of why you like these things, and I believe why you like them. So good job. But I, I do think you didn't really answer a lot of the questions for me of the purpose, um, and I. I don't, I don't think she's a bad character, but I think that Jesse did throw out enough points of the lack of purpose on top of the bad feminist character of she is written to sort of just follow a man and do everything isn't actually a good female role model character, I think is actually a strong point, um, as well as just there is no purpose, she knows everything. All of those things, I didn't hear enough 
to, to, to combat that passion. So I do surprisingly have to say, I think ruin is a hard word, harsh word. <laughs> uh, but in the case of this fight, I have to give Jesse the first point and say that, yes, uh, based off of these arguments, uh, Ray did ruin Star Wars. So bravo, Jesse. Right. But fantastic <laughs> job, Eric. And thank you to the assist of Izzy and Damien. Bravo. Uh, we, are job, we are not done. We are not done. We have a second round here, which I call the headline round. Uh, and in this round, we are going to go off of something in the news. Uh, for those that don't remember or didn't hear, Disney Plus just re-edited the Who Shot Han first. So once again, the argument is up nope. for debate. And I thought, <laughs> let's have this debate officially with two Star Wars fans, and I'm going to throw it out. Uh, you guys in the studio will have to go with wherever your fighter goes because I can't adjust the graphics live. <laughs> uh, so uh, Eric and Jesse, does one, do one of you have a passionate opinion on did Han shoot first? Uh you go ahead, Jesse. You go ahead. <laughs> I okay. think you care more about this than I do, so go right ahead. <laughs> Ready. Okay, right. so Jesse, um, what's your take? Han Solo is the... Oh, wait, hold on. What's your pos- t- you're, you're saying he shot first or not? He's Han. Sh- not only did Han shoot first, Han is the only one who shot. Han, Han shot. In- the end. End of story. Han shot, done. no other person shot. Okay. No other person shot the way it was in the original theatrical release. Um, and and you can say what you want about, well, the filmmaker has an opinion and a this and a that and the second guessing. But the original way the story is told is the best way, in my opinion, the story is told. Because uh, in this, it, you have the strongest uh, stance on who this character is. And Han Solo has possibly the greatest anti-hero arc of any anti-hero of all time. Um, and in this moment, you get this firm, distinct characterization that here is a man who does not, when it comes to, to protecting his life, he takes no chances, he takes no second thoughts, he takes no risks. You're here, you pose a threat to my well-being, bam, you're dead, I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not, I don't even have to be immediately threatened. I don't have to feel like you're even about to shoot me. I can just wait, right in the, interrupt you right in the middle of your little monologue when I know there's probably 30 to 40 more seconds before you even walk me out into the back to fire a gun and I'm not having it. I'm done. Bam, you're over. And and that moment, and there's no other cut of that scene that characterizes his character so clearly in that way. And that moment is so beautifully juxtaposed with the end of the film where after he's done exactly what's consistent with his character, here's my money, here's what I got to go do to protect myself. You guys were great. I made friends with you. But number one is me and I got to look after that. Turns around, says, screw it. Some, there's some, I found something more important than just my own life. Flies back in to save the day on what he's already christened the suicide mission. So that without that clear, firm characterization, the payoff at the end of the film is not nearly as rich. Eric? All right. Um, well, first, I do want to point out that it wasn't Disney Plus that re-edited it. It was George Lucas. This was a re-edit done in 2004 for when he was going to do the conversions to 3D that never got released, which bums me out, and I really would have loved to have seen that. Um, but <laughs> So you can't blame Disney Plus for it. It is a strange change because the new change is just adding a new word. Uh, what is it, McClunky or something like that? I haven't watched it myself. Yes, McClunky. I- I, do, I have to admit, I know this is going to hurt my argument. I see both sides of this, okay? So I can't argue this one too strongly, but where, so the point, I'm, the angle I'm going to take from this is I'm going to get behind the filmmaker. I'm going to get behind George Lucas on this and say that this is him 
having fun and trolling the audience back. That, like, this is the scene he knows that anytime he can make some minor change to, it's his kind of his own little F you <laughs> to all the people on the, on the internet complaining about Lucas did that and this and the other. And I think that's brilliant. And I love stuff like that, you know, I love, cause it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's subtle enough, but it gets under the skin so bad. So I'm going to take the side that yes, and he should just keep changing it until the day it dies. Does it hurt Han Solo a little bit? Maybe, but I still think that characterization is still strongly there. You get it from the sense that he's going to take the money and run and he still comes back. There's all those elements still there. The fact that he would even still shoot Greedo at all in public and then just throw a coin at the bartender like, sorry about the mess. So, I mean, for the most part, it doesn't really undermine his character that much that they now shoot simultaneously. Maybe when it was Greedo shooting first, it did a worse job, <laughs> but at least now. Well, and here, so I actually think, I think the addition of the word is the worst part in there because we don't have a translation, but we don't know what it is. We don't know what it says. This could be the moment. Oh, oh, well, he says, now die, you know, and that's Han's justification for shooting him first. You know, it, it's without that ambiguity. First of all, it makes the scene clunky. It's, it's clunky. weird. <laughs> it's like, why? It makes it more clunky, yes. <laughs> um, and... And and uh, second of all, Lucas should get the fuck over it. You know, yes, it's his baby. Star Wars is his baby, and he's so mad that the fans, you know. But you know, he's acting like a Ryan Johnson in this moment. The reality is, you are an A-list filmmaker. You created one of the most successful IPs, not the most successful IP of all time. Uh, you need to be above getting butt hurt because not every fan likes your stuff. And that's the reality. If you want to go out there, you know, and say, I did this, I'm proud of my work, I stand by it, great, stand by it. Uh, but this little, because I agree with you, I agree that this tweak was an absolute fuck you to the fans who made such a big stink about uh, the initial changes. And, and he did it like and from the grave if, in a way. It is kind of sickly beautiful, no? I mean, there's something I can appreciate that on one level. I can appreciate that on one level, especially on the level where where I know Disney's going to get some flack because not everyone's going to realize that this is a Lucas change, uh, as Eric pointed out for us. Um, so that level pleases me. But but I just I just really think like at this point too, you know, you're so over it. You're so over uh, the fan response to the prequels and whatnot. Then be over it. Then be bigger than that. Then take your own money and run. Then laugh all the way to the bank. Because if I'm in your shoes, if I have that much money and I make a misstep in my filmmaking process and and a and, uh, hundred thousand people, a million people go, oh my god, how could you? How could you? I'm going to go suck it and then sit on my yacht, sip a margarita. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, I mean, in, I can in, relate. Oh. I was going to say, in studio, any, anything you want to add to sort of, is... Is this? I think Eric made an interesting point too. Of is the is the shooting first really that changing of a defining moment for Han? Uh, what do you guys think? Well, yeah. I mean, this is a place that um, first of all, Obi Wan says that this is a place for swindlers and criminals, and it's the most despicable people in this place. And, and Han is like the apex predator in this place, where he can sit there and go, "Out of all these despicable people, I'm the worst. I'm the one you have to fear. I'm the one you have to respect. I'm the one who did the Kessel Run. I am so full of my shit right now that I can beat. I'm the guy to beat in this place. So." Yes, Guido, bounty hunter. Guess what? You don't you don't scare me. No one scares me. In fact, it makes it so that only the only person who can catch him is Bubba Fett. So it only gives elevates Bubba Fett's character. That fact that the only person that could actually catch Han is someone of that level. Other than that, not to mention, you talked about the um, the filmmaker's intent. I like George Lucas after American Graffiti. George Lucas. I like the raw beard. Let's let's get in the grime. Make this film inside of my garage. Let's just do this thing, and I'm gonna be like, yo, my my character's a badass Westerner who's gonna just shoot you in a bar. That's what he was intended for. We're talking. You're talking about older 
softer, gentler George Lucas, who's a little softer, a little cuddlier. He's like, oh, it's for the kitties. And then he's going to be all like, hey, it's okay. We don't want Han to shoot first because we don't want him to look like so much of a scoundrel. He is a scoundrel. That's what Leia calls him. You scoundrel. That's, his, that's, that's the whole point of his character is to be that guy. That's why you want to wear the leather jacket. That's why you want to have the side hip gun. He is that guy. And to take that away from him is taking a huge part away from who he is. So, yes, it is important because it is the character's introduction. The most, one of the most important parts of any character in a story is their first scene, their introduction, how we meet them. Because that tells us so much about that character. But hold on. I got to chime in and I'm going to let you go, Izzy. In the first version, they kind of shoot at the same time. Correct? So I'm, I'm torn on, like, you guys are using this defense, but I got to call out no, because it's, it's theatrical. like... No, in the, like the, theatrical, original, in the original, original theatrical original, no. release, he uh, Greedo doesn't shoot. Doesn't shoot. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. but it was the it right. was the the next version that everyone. The special the, edition. When well, they no, shoot I thought together, it was still the home. Even the home release was. No, no, actually, no. no it was okay. Spe- okay, original. Yes, only Eric, Han shot. Me. Special yeah. edition. Greedo clearly shoots first. Yes. Um, then the home release of the special edition, they shoot pretty much that's at the, the same time. Okay, that's And now we have this newer version. That's the one I saw as a kid. Okay, yeah, I'm that's the one I saw as a kid, guys. too, where they sort of shoot. You guys saw together. Watered Down Han. I'm oh, sorry. No, yeah. I'm sorry. You guys, that didn't you guys, bother me yeah, as the, to the thing. Point, Diet Han Solo is what you got. To the point, though. the original of the theatrical release, so I grew up with just Han shooting, and, and that, that was something that perturbed me. As a kid, the first time I ever saw a Star Wars movie in theater was the special edition of A New Hope, and that right away, that, that bothered me since I was a small child. But I want to make ask a distinction about the question too, because you're saying, are we arguing the latest change or the changes in general? Because sure. you make a lot of the arguments here are about the original changes, not well, the latest. Based off of George Lucas and all of his edits and everything that we see, are we <laughs> respecting the filmmaker's vision that he clearly wants to adjust this uh, and it's make it questionable, or did he shoot first? Because let's remember, if oh. we are unsure. Technically, then, we don't know if he shot first. I want to know, did Han shoot first? So there is a technicality there of Eric, Izzy, you could win by pointing out, well, we don't know. And that's what Eric, uh, George doesn't want us to know. So uh, real quick, Izzy, go ahead. What, what were you going to add? I think the point is we don't know. And I think the point is it doesn't matter specifically. I mean, you think it matters because this is the first one you saw and this is your favorite one. But the characterization of this action is how it's received by everybody that sees the action, right? So we know that he shot Greedo. We know he flips the coin to homie in the bar and he breaks out. You still murdered a dude in the bar, right? And then Moon walked out of there like it was cool. <laughs> like there were no issues and nothing was going to happen to you. That's pretty damn gangster. If that was in the special edition and he moonwalked out of there, then I would have accepted that. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah, didn't yeah. moonwalk out of there. Uh, yeah, him shooting first know. and then moonwalking out. That. I would have accepted that. But no, he didn't do that. And then the other thing is, you're talking about, oh, it's the, this version or that version. Look, when they, I, don't, I hate to bring a sport reference into Nerd Wars, but when there's something that needs to be debated on sport, they say, go to the tape. And I'm sorry, the original VHS tape, you put that thing in and you bring it back and you can get the tracking right, you'll see Han clearly shoots first. Right there on the tape. Right there on the tape. <laughs> and, right. and, and I will argue that that is important. As someone who saw that version first and then saw the other versions later, the difference in the badassery between bang, you're dead, you don't even get a shot off, and oh, now it's a gunfight. Because that's the whole, that's the difference that's, that's, that's for me is, is, is pivotal to the character where you say does it really matter if he shoots first or, or not, and the fact is that he shoots. Uh, and the fact is he wins this fight. No, because when Greedo shoots, it's a gun battle. When Han shoots somebody dead under the table, 
Han just fucking murdered somebody. <laughs> Done. And and you can make the argument, well, it's still self-defense because Greedo's the gun and this. But Greedo's in his, in his whole monologue of, I've been waiting for this for long. We don't know if Greedo intends to kill him in this moment, if Greedo intends to bring him back to Jabba, if Greedo intends to walk him outside of the cantina to shoot him. We don't know if his life is in immediate danger. And the best part about Han is he ain't waiting to find out. So in any version where Greedo gets a shot off, Han is waiting to find out if he is in immediate danger. When he realizes, oh, I'm about to die, he takes action. In the in the original version that was released in theaters, uh, Han says, I don't give a fuck if you're going to kill me or not. I am sick of hearing you talk. Die now. <laughs> and that is and that is a different character. Close. Uh, okay. And as I think Damien pointed out, the first one of the first things we see about him is the most important. And having that as our original characterization of him uh, therefore makes it more powerful when he then changes later on. Eric, go I ahead. Mean, final, it, final word. Go ahead. Yeah, it, I mean, it makes it different, but I mean, more powerful is definitely arguable. I mean, because again, you got to look at it from the perspective of it, it's mostly meant for people when they're younger. And as we get older in general, we're all going to get a little more cynical, a little more grizzled. So of course, maybe we can appreciate the, the more badassery of Han Solo, the murderer, versus Han Solo, the badass, where I think by the time it's the shooting across at each other. He's not quite as cold-blooded. He's still a pause. Pause. It's connecting right. again. <laughs> it's my fault. And, uh, oh, gosh. Sorry, guys. I'll fix it, this. It, it disconnected right at wide-eyed audience. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, what does the cat have to I'm say? I'm starting to memorize your, your argument just to help you out. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Should, it's back. Apparently, right? Mal wants back. to have an opinion on this fight. Yeah, we're here. There we go. We're back. He's like, you're all wrong. Okay. Here's the deal. Sorry. Where did he leave off of? He left off of wide-eyed audience. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it makes a difference, like that the uh, you, the more youthful audience versus us older cynical types. And I'm generalizing, of course, that you know, is Han um, just a straight up murderer, or is he just a badass that can take care of business? Because again, I mean, I don't know. I've been lucky. I have not had a guns point had guns pointed at me. But if somebody's pointing a gun at me, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit fearful and careful about my movements. So, <laughs> um, you know, I might have to take my time and think this through and make sure that. Is, you know, is this the right time? Like, it wouldn't be instinctual just to shoot because, who knows, maybe it triggers them shooting you back right in the face or something, you know? So there's going to be at least a delay of let me think about my situational awareness. Is there going to be a better opportunity? Am I even going to have time? You know what? Those words he just said, I'm not going to have time. Boom. I'm going to let you know right now, Eric, that if you were in Florida, I'm telling you right now, if someone sits at you in a bar and they pull out a gun, you have every right to be Han Solo and shoot first. <laughs> yes. Okay, just letting you know. And then Texas and then a couple other places. You, you, you're, not a, you're not a scoundrel. You're not a murderer. Okay, you were sitting at a bar having a drink, and some dude sits down and goes, hey, you, you come in with me. I'm going to be like, oh, bam. <laughs> you know? Also, so, I was seven, and I cared. Uh, just saying. So does I was really, your young, wide-eyed audience. Jesse, last question. Does he, is he really not a scoundrel if he doesn't shoot first? It's it's all about that first impression and the and the power of the first impression. He's still a scoundrel with or without that, but that very potent first impression where we realize just who this person is. This is not just a scoundrel um, at the bar. I think he's Damian made a great point. He's not just a scoundrel. Now he's a murderer. He's the scoundrel. Exactly. He's a bad guy, and that's important. He's a bad guy at the beginning of this movie, and he finishes as a good guy. Are, are you a murderer? And that's why he has this beautiful arc as an antihero. And I think that's he's just another he's just another gangster shooting another gangster uh, in that scene. And we that's exactly we learn who he is. We don't feel like he's defending himself. We feel like he's just an asshole, and that's part of why we love. He's the lovable asshole, and uh, he goes from being just that to being. The lovable asshole who's also going to come through for his friends. Right. right. Can, we, then, can, we, can we honestly say that 
two guys who are a bounty hunter and a scoundrel and meet in a bar? Can we really start that off with, oh, one of them needs to be uh, nicer to the other guy? I mean, do we really feel like he's a murderer when he is clearly working with the mob and these described Jabba the Hutt described as a mob and he owes a debt to the mob and this is a bounty? I mean, are we, are we, we've seen Westerns before. Do we ever say that? We've seen hey, The Godfather, I, too. Yeah, is, is, is that guy, is, is that guy, are those guys equally pretty much, pretty much bad guys? Are they really one makes them more innocent or than the other i mean they're both pretty guilty at that at that table they're both pretty um eligible to be like you know what both y'all should probably go to jail because y'all both probably um bad people at this particular point in the story so are we really calling him a murderer i'm like eh, it's if two gangsters are in a it is bar space. They, yeah two gangsters <laughs> are, in a bar, are typically yeah. murderers <laughs> yeah so i'm like i mean it's not like guido sat down and said hey hon long time no see remember high school reunion i was just wondering bam oh <laughs> Then I would call him a murderer, but he didn't do that. He was like, I'm going to take you in. Java's going to rip you a new one. And, you know so are we I mean? downgrading this to space manslaughter? Is that what space it is? Space manslaughter. <laughs> At least space manslaughter. Okay. All right. Time. Bang, 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 bang. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you had the tougher argument here, Eric. And then even you didn't yeah. help yourself because you sort of admitted. But I think smart for you to admit that it's not your favorite thing. But I think that sort of seals the deal. But, you know, yeah, he's not uh, – he's also – he's not Lando, right? He doesn't, like, cop out and screw, the, screw him over. Like, he, he – I guess he is because Lando, he's looking out for himself. My point is he's not a – he's not a wuss. He's not a, he's not a loser. He is a – he's going to – he's going to put his money where his mouth is, which creates a – definitely a tougher, more important scoundrel at the start of the film. But – there is a very that was a pretty good argument, Eric, to say it's George Lucas's just big f you to the fans, and in this case, uh, but I don't think that's solved. Han did self shoot first, but it doesn't mean we can't still have George Lucas f with everybody to be like, yep, it's still mine. Screw you. I'm gonna be a petty asshole because I made Star Wars. I'm allowed to be. <laughs> It's very up. punk rock, and that's just yeah. where I come from. You know, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a punk rocker at heart. That's what I was, I still am, I consider myself. And I mean, that's why I love like a George Lucas or a Ryan Johnson. And I think that comes down to subjective taste. You know, it's like I love that they're willing to kind of very subtly fuck back with people. And the next <laughs> so one, that's, that's where I draw a distinction, though, is George Lucas created Star Wars. He has the right to fuck with us if he wants to. Uh, Ryan Johnson inherited that IP, and he had no respect for it. So that, for me, is a huge distinction. Right, well, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could be another fun show. <laughs> no, another round. This was so popular. Maybe we'll do have to do another, we'll get in the last show. In the Let's, new edition, I'm sorry, in the new edition, Han Solo is going to uh, shoot out sleeping gas, and he's just going to fall asleep. It's going to be <laughs> yes. the flag with the bang. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't wait to see what catchphrase we is were, then. We were the doing that gun. on my stream the other day. Is, what's the worst new change they could make? Uh, it was something about uh, Jeffrey Epstein comes out and kills Greedo. I think <laughs> <laughs> something but, uh, I think the, the blanket but, is telling you something, Eric, Ray, Ray. sadly, as it falls on you. Uh, but, Eric, I, I, you, I, well, there you go. Jesse wins with two points. We don't even need our bonus round here. Yeah, uh, fantastic have, job. Uh, Eric, I do think you did a great job as well, and I applaud you for I, coming and doing the unpopular opinion here. Uh, so, bravo. Uh, go ahead. What were we going to say? I have Eric? to admit, halfway into that, I started, there was a moment in that argument that I was like, Oh crap! I'm I'm about to start clearly arguing for her side. <laughs> I'm trying to change up in the middle of it, so I was like, okay, not winning this one. Yeah, and I want to I want to call because but but thank you, Ricardo Bundo said, uh, Eric, take pride in that Howard Stern called you a virgin. I'd kill for that. I gotta echo that as a huge Howard Stern fan. You got to watch Howard, listen to Howard Stern, watch your video, and react to it. Was that just the most fun thing ever? 
that was crazy. And I'm still kind of bummed that they didn't then react to that. So I could have filmed my reaction to that and just keep a whole reaction <laughs> thing going. But, but if you're going to get roasted, awesome. that's he's the king to get roasted by. But that must have been yeah, fun. Although I was disappointed. Like, really, nerd, virgin, that's all you've got in 2019? You're Howard Stern, man. I mean, he's come got, on. He's gotten a little Hollywood, a little lazy. But I'll just say, but... I think that is an, the fact that you left that video, you left the comments, and you owned it 100% was huge. And I think anyone who gave you shit on it, uh, is is dumb because this whole thing. I may not agree with your take on it. I may have watched that video and gone, "Oh my god, who is this guy?" I would hate him. I watch but, it and cringe. I mean, but, come on. <laughs> but I also, but I also accept. You know, like there's a part of that makes me sad. That's like, man, I wish I was still that excited exactly. about Star Wars. And exactly. and I don't, I don't begrudge the fact that you are. You know, no, like, when we not, watch not a, a movie, a, everybody in this panel and everyone watching, when you watch a movie, you're lying to yourself if you do not want to watch that movie with as much passion and excitement as Eric is when he watches those trailers. That's oh, what we're God, all, yeah. and so anybody who's knocking on him is just insecure and depressed and upset with themselves because they're so uh, just cynical to F to movies uh, that I, I absolutely. And the power of cinema. I mean, that's part of the reason that some <laughs> of the people in this panel right here are avoiding like the spoilers. Like I've honestly been like blacklisting everything about the Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker, because I'm like, you know what? As, oh, as, with all of its problems, all this stuff, I want to go in for the first time not having seen or read anything. I just want to go in and just kind of recapture that. And Eric, I envy you. Because you felt it on the you felt it on the trailer and on the trailer the first thing first thing I felt was like mm, you, you've had me twice. You Yo, come me on, a, you're all lying. Times. That score is amazing. No, that score, score oh, could oh, literally yeah. show anything, and I start going, maybe it's good. Oh, the Force Awakens. <laughs> so the... that was the first time I uh, saw the trailer was at Celebration at the panel in that room with all those people who were just buzzing for it, and um, I will admit. When uh, I saw Lando on the Falcon, I got I got a I got a couple fifis, yeah. got a few fifis there, and then obviously we all lost our minds when Ian McDermott came on stage and said "Roll it again." Like yeah. that was that was I got chills in that moment too. So there were things about that initial experience uh, that got me, and then uh, after I let it sit for a second, I was even more mad about that. <laughs> Because I'm like, how dare you? How dare you play on my feelings and my nostalgia by putting Lando in the Falcon? How dare well, you do this well, to me after what you've done to me for the past two films? But oh. you're buying a ticket and you're going to go see it. Of course. Well, we've already got three at least. I've got a pulled, lot of people who want to hear my review on it. So nothing yeah. pulled the well, that's true. That's where we're stuck. Nothing pulled the heart. Well, that's the more. thing. Like, I love that there are dissenting opinions because I think a lot of people, we're getting to this place in this day and age where everybody seems to think we should all think the same thing. And it's like... Yeah. God no. <laughs> We're supposed to feel differently about these things. Well, I want to continue I want to continue this conversation. We for those that don't know, I have a Patreon and we do a quick little after show which Eric has been nice enough to stick around and I got a lot more questions for Eric. I'm going I have a comment here. Let's see if Eric will cry for us, lie. Eric. Uh, so we'll see if I can get Eric, Eric to cry live on our Patreon exclusive <laughs> after show. And any of the rest of you want to stick around, you're welcome to. Uh, but I want to give plugs out so we can wrap up the stream and anybody wants to come over there and watch next, you can. Uh, but I want to thank uh, for real. I want to thank uh, the Eric Butts for showing up because I do think it takes uh, guts and balls and for everybody saying he has no balls he clearly does because he's here and you're not and he put his feet to the flames uh, so Eric I'm a big fan I appreciate you doing it uh, and I, I am jealous of your fandom I wish I could be as excited uh, but people can go find you on YouTube at the Eric Butts you react to other yep. videos uh, anything else you want to sort of mention or plug I mean, trailer reaction every single day, all kinds of movies, indie films, everything else, unboxings, live streams. I'll be playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. There'll be videos yes. for that this weekend. I've got it preloaded. I'm ready for midnight. Uh, I got Patreon, too, where I do movie reviews. I'm doing Star Wars fan commentaries right now. My episode one one is free. 
my episode four one will be free and my episode seven one will be free. Just so you know. Smart. <laughs> Tease them, get them out there, and the people will do it. And then Jesse Milestone of Mindless Entertainment, you are now a Nerd Fights winner. You are now have to come back to reclaim your 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 uh, title there against Jody. You two are the first two winners. I'm keeping track. Uh, but fantastic job, Jesse. I really appreciate it. People should go subscribe over there to YouTube Thank on you. Mindless Entertainment. Uh, what else would you like to plug? Where would you like to send these people? Um, definitely, definitely over the channel. A lot of great stuff happening over there. Um, also on Patreon, uh, Mindless Entertainment, because of some of the uh, interesting changes YouTube's making, I'm going to be putting a lot more content on Patreon. So yep. if you're interested in, in what I do, um, even for as little as a dollar or two dollars a month, you're going to access to a lot of that content. Um, and if you like uh, food or people from Philadelphia yelling at each other, uh, go subscribe to LA Cheesesteak Reviews. Um, mm, yes. We're, we're we're working on a new show. It's me. It's a bunch of other fellow fellow Philly uh, transplants trying to find a decent cheesesteak in Los Angeles, largely <laughs> failing. And we just kind of rip it apart and have a good time and tell each other, hey, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. Like you do. And uh, I just subscribed to that because that sounds awesome. Yeah, as a, as a, as a new as a veggie of the vegetarian for the past two years, that's the one thing that could turn, take me back is a good Philly cheesesteak. Oh my god, I miss mm -hmm. that. It's so good. Uh, you can't get so a vegan fake cheesesteak anywhere. It's got, vegan food's gotten better. Impossible but. Burger and wow. Yeah, the Impossible Burger. Well, it's <laughs> got it's it's uh it still makes me. I know it's good when it makes me crap the same as the meat one. <laughs> you know, that's the sign. When the vegan food makes you crap like the fast food does, you're like, man, they figured it out. <laughs> there must be meat in this, uh, but no, the Impossible Whopper that is like, that is surprisingly for those who crap on uh, pun intended, uh, veggie, veggie vegan people. That's a pretty good way to do. It. Uh, anyway, uh, bravo both of you. Yes, guys, P Patreon. We all got them now because YouTube sucks. Uh, any creator out there, uh, support Eric, support Jesse, support this one. If you like your creators, go drop them a couple bucks on Patreon because it really helps us keep doing the content. Speaking of which, I got to thank um, uh, T Tom Vargas. Thank you for dropping some money there at the end. I appreciate that support. You know he's a baller when he doesn't even leave a comment. He's like, I'm going to leave us here. Uh, I see you, Tom. I appreciate you. That was very kind of you. Uh, and uh, So thank you for that. Uh, so that's where we got. So we'll, we're, I'm going to do the bonus round with anybody who sticks around on our Patreon feed. Uh, it's called War Stories, where you'll be able to find us uh but i gotta thank my panel here izzy any plug any plugs you want to make oh uh, yeah man i'm definitely on instagram we'll be starting a podcast soon um at izzy takamono on instagram i-z-y-t-a-k-a-m-o-n-o -O. come send me the link me. i'll make sure it's Follow in the, yeah it'll be down below in I'll the description and yeah i'll come on anytime anytime you want you're the best thank you izzy and damian alpazar as always what would you like What's to send everybody? people to uh you know i'm mr creator freedom but you can find me here most of the time and uh you know, I will be dropping some 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 teasers for the new film coming out here. He's got a horror movie. film. It's very exciting. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, thank you both. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Rob, for watching over there. Uh, <laughs> I don't have enough cameras to get everybody on, but we'll have more. More. It's nice when there's more people in the studio that can fit on screen. So thank you all support here in Tampa, you guys at home. We got a lot more fun guests coming. Both of you come back anytime. I hope you had fun. And all of you watching oh, yeah. at home, thank you so much for watching, sticking with the stream and the stream issues. We're back here Tuesday and Thursday. We got some fun guests. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, and if you think you have what it takes, you can hit me up at Andy Signor on Instagram. I'm going to do some live auditions throughout the weekend because a lot of people, I want to do it. I'm not going to just pick pe famous people. Like I, I'm picking them because they're experienced and they're professional, but I want to test some of you out there. So uh, Instagram has that nice interactive video format. So I'm going to be doing some impromptu auditions. So if you think you got it takes, follow me there, get alerted. And that way when I'm on, you can invite in you'll be able to fight with me and i'll see if you have what it takes uh, to join a future episode so thanks so much for watching be sure to subscribe subscribe to all these people links down below uh, and stay tuned for war stories over on patreon.com slash andy signor and thank you again everybody bye, uh, bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.